You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Fourteen fights in the books at the Hallowed Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. And the victory horn sound for one Brendan All-In Allen. He just ran over Paul Craig in the main event of UFC Vegas 82. Third round submission victory to cap off a uh, an interesting afternoon slash evening of fights. And we're here to recap it with all of you here on the UFC Vegas 82 post-fight show. Thank you for joining us. I am Mike Heck. Jose Young's back. Second show in a row. How we doing, Jose? Uh, happy Pedro Martinez Day, Mike. 26 years yes. ago, the Red Sox traded uh, Tony Armas and Carl Pavano for uh, some skinny pitcher from the Montreal Expos, and the rest is history. Much more important than what happened tonight. That's not true, but I just needed to add it. I mean, you're not lying, if we're being honest. If we look back at the... If we look back at history on this day, I think the Pedro trade will age a lot better than UFC Vegas 82. Big is true. There. Yes. Uh, and also joining us, Mr. Hot Take himself, the man who texted me right before the show and said, Mike, you were right. John Jones is the number one heavyweight in the world. Jed Mishu, how you doing, my friend? <laughs> this is definitely not a thing I said. Because uh, the number one heavyweight can't be a scared little girl. And that's what John Jones is. He's a very scared little man. Uh, I don't care at all about baseball and certainly not about the Red Sox. Uh, and I'll agree that that's a bigger, more important thing. Page, I know who Pedro Martinez is. Don't know who the other two gentlemen Jose was talking about are, but uh, that seems like that matters a lot more than the stuff we witnessed. Woo. Yes, it was it was a fight card. It was certainly a fight car. We had some good performances. It, it fulfilled the contractual obligation. It there sure did. Lot, there were a lot of submissions. Yes. Yes. There were a lot of submissions on this card. But the most important submission of all came from Brendan Allen. Six and Allen, a half? Six, yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to the half in a matter of, of moments. But Jose, Brendan Allen goes in there. He's a, he's a pretty big favorite. Certainly performed as such. We know how tough and crazy Paul Craig can be, but Brandon Allen's just been on a roll right now. Are you surprised that he made this look as easy as he did tonight? Um, I'm surprised that how willing he was to grapple with Paul Craig. Not that Brandon Allen is not a good grappler. He's one of the best grapplers in the entire, maybe the best in the entire middleweight division, you know, beating Andre Muniz, beating Paul Craig, uh, obviously Hamza and, whoever else are in there but um in terms of just high level jujitsu inside mma or mma jujitsu brendan allen is right up there with the best of them paul craig was also right up there with the best of them and i said on this show that i picked brendan allen to win by decision because normally when you have two very high level grapplers uh fighting it turns into a sloppy kickboxing fight which i was excited for brendan allen striking just is better than paul craig so uh that's what i expected so i was pretty blown away that not only was brendan allen willing to stand and strike with Paul Craig. If that's what, you know, happens, he was more than willing to dive into the guard and, you know, roll around pretzel style with their legs locked uh, as long as the fight lasted with Paul Craig. So Brandon Allen's a fearless fighter, very impressive win. Uh, he was dominated that fight pillar to post. I do. We're going to get into Paul Craig's uh, side of the, the fight later. I'm sure. So I won't kind of dive into that, but yeah, Brandon Allen impressed me with just his, another, his willingness to, dive in with the sharks and basically you know kill all the sharks down there he was a, he was great it was it was an impressive one uh, i'm not talking about his post fight interview i'm not talking about his personality just skill wise athletic wise what he did meritocracy wise you can't not be impressed with what brendan allen did in there yeah he he looks really really good and what'd you think jed i mean look outside of like one really fun scramble at the end where it looks like maybe paul craig tricked Brendan Allen and locked in a nasty calf slicer, which Brendan valiantly fought out of. I mean, this is one-way traffic pretty much for the entirety of the fight. Were you surprised that Brendan made it look as easy as he did tonight? No, this is almost exactly the fight I kind of thought we'd end up getting here. The finish now, I thought uh, I, I was on TKO. I thought Brendan Allen would sort of do the elbowing thing we saw, and that's how the, the win would come. But 
I thought he'd be willing to engage on the ground. I, he was even more than I thought he would because I think certainly in the second round, it looked like he sort of immediately hurt Paul Craig with a with a shot, like a right hand um, that had Paul Craig in kind of trouble and then just like went to grappling with him where I was like, you should probably stand up because you might just knock this dude out. But I thought that he would be willing to engage. We saw him do it with Andre Muniz. Um, I think he's very confident in his grappling and honestly should be. He did obviously very, very well. I thought at some point Paul Craig would get something cool going because he is crafty and, you you know, he's always going to have a moment. But if he couldn't convert on that moment, the fight was going to be over. And then that's that's really how it happened. So the finish, I I didn't expect a submission. I didn't expect it to be that quick for him to, to pull that off really. But everything Jose said, like, this dude's 27 years old and he is obviously extremely good. You know, growth isn't linear, but he has improved a tremendous amount the past two years. And I, I'm not saying I would pick him to beat Sean Strickland, but it would not at all surprise me if he could beat Sean Strickland or, you know, there are harder matchups for him uh, than Sean Strickland, I would say. But I think this dude has a chance against just about anybody in the world in this weight class. And it's, He's right. At the end of it, he said he, you know, maybe he doesn't get a title eliminator fight, but maybe middleweight's kind of weird. Uh, I just want to see him against the top five dude and and see exactly where he is because he deserves it at this point. Jose, what did you want to say about the the Paul Craig side of the equation? He got kind of busted up pretty early. Chris Curtis is tweeting basically throughout yeah. the fight, questioning the strategy, called it the Homer Simpson grappling style, yeah. essentially. Uh, what did you make of the Paul Craig side of the equation? Um, it just kind of showed that like Paul Craig is very, very good at one thing. Uh, but when he fights guys that are bigger than him at light heavyweight or guys that can you know negate what he's very good at, I don't think he's ever going to be like a top 10, top seven fighter. He's always going to be exciting. He's one of those guys that are going to get you or get got. But I do think uh, Chris Curtis tweeted when the fight was over something that, you know, I was trying to put my finger on it. Like throughout the fight, I was watching Paul Craig and I was like, I don't understand. Like, I just don't understand this middleweight Paul Craig. It just doesn't, something just seems off and I can't explain it. And I think Chris Curtis just nailed it on the head that he just doesn't think that middleweight was the move for Paul Craig because he doesn't punch hard. Uh, so that power doesn't translate down from light heavyweight. He's not super fast, and he's not super durable on the feet. Like I said in the preview show, like when he gets hurt, he gets hurt big. Uh, it just so Chris Curtis basically just said he's a slow target for faster fighters now at middleweight. And I'm like, God, that's exactly what I w- was trying to figure out. Like something I just couldn't put my finger on. Brendan Allen just was faster, and like when he grabbed Paul Craig, he his strength just matched Paul Craig. So I just I don't know if Paul Craig stays a middleweight. If his body is comfortable there, then so be it. But he is almost closer to forty than thirty. So if he wants to go back up to light heavyweight, so be it. Because like he said, the Johnny Walker fights is the one that kind of made him want to drop down in middleweight. Johnny Walker is an absolutely monstrous light heavyweight. Uh, he's pretty much bigger than anyone at two hundred five pounds. So I get it if you don't want to, if you do want to get to the upper echelon, you're going to have to go through those guys. But I think Paul Craig would actually do pretty well at light heavyweight again. So he's just in this weird tweener realm where I just don't know where he belongs because he's not fast and powerful for middleweight, but he's not powerful and durable for light heavyweight i just don't know where he goes from here but losing to brown allen's not anything to hang your head at especially it's uh it's a main event it's not like he's getting submitted by you know alex alex Pereira, who's a kickboxer he's got submitted by brendan allen who has a lot of submissions so i just i don't know where paul craig goes from here in terms of his title aspirations yeah i i just didn't really see them anyways like if he had won this fight they probably would have kind of rocket shipped him towards it just to see what they could get, but wouldn't have been anything they would have like strategically planned out over time. They'd just been like, all right, let's just go with this dude and see what happens. But yeah, I mean, yeah, look, I can't give him one. He's just never going to get a title fight. He's not, yeah, he's and not that's, good. And that's he's a good why fight, he's like, not a great one. Yeah. And that's why I felt like Brennan Allen needed this win more because people are still going to want to watch Paul Craig, like Paul Craig versus Bo Nickel. People still will watch that. I don't think he would do very well against Bo Nickel, but people oh, would still be like, oh, this is kind now. of interesting. I don't think you can book that because I mean, Bo Knuckle right. would just kill him. Just, Maybe. Like, there's, Still a nice I don't name think, to have on the resume, right? Right now. I, I, again, that's it's not a you can't book it from a Bo Nickel. You can 
put bo neko against anyone that's fine but like what's what's the selling point like no one is going bo neko will be a minus 1500 favorite like did no one is going to believe after what we just witnessed that football craig has anything to offer but blood like for bo nickel that's just it like i i think you could have done that now i don't maybe they'll still do it but i I don't know. I also wanted to comment on what Jose said because, Jose, uh, you and Chris Curtis have stumbled on the great axiom of MMA, which is this. Uh, the further away you can get from 155, the better your prospects are because 155 is the best weight class. And then further out, they're just easier weight classes. It is easy. If you can physically compete at light heavyweight, do that instead of at middleweight because middleweight's better than light heavyweight. The same at heavyweight. Look at what Jailton Almeida is doing at heavyweight because it's just a much worse weight class. The further you can get from 155 and the concentration of all the really, really good fighters, the better off you're going to be. And Paul Craig is learning that lesson hard. The one thing I was really concerned about from the Brendan Allen side was like, what was he going to say on the microphone? Was he just going to be like, I'm fighting Sean Strickland or I'm not fighting anybody? But he didn't do that. I actually thought he he, he left himself open. I think he's getting better. You know, number one contender fight is not out of this realm at all. Like you could book him in a number one contender fight right now and it wouldn't be out of the realm possibility. Um, I'll just give my out no pick already because I already gave it, Jed. Uh, Brendan Allen versus Marmatori. Like that fight. Want to see it? That's the one I want. Let's do it. What do you think? I'm, I'm a okay with that one. Um, who are we trying to book? Who's trying to get Marvin Vittori last week? Somebody was like, I feel like we had Marvin Vittori. was like, no, you can't do that. That's a stupid fight. Um, Brendan Allen, Marvin Vittori makes total sense. Like That seems like an absolutely fine fight to do. Um, and if he wins, he it's probably not a number one contender fight, but it is one where if he wins – He's he's in the conversation for a short notice title fight guy or something like that. So yeah, I think that's a great great call. Do you like that idea, Jose? Do you have another idea? And also, what do you think the chances are he gets Hamzat Shemaev next? Zero, because I think Hamzat's going to fight Paulo Costa in Saudi Arabia. Um, I agree. The Marvin Vittori yeah. fight is good because then the winner of that can fight the returning Jared Cannonier who got hurt. Um, for an actual number one contender fight. So, yeah, that makes sense. Especially, like, just thought, yeah, Brandon Allen's what, I don't know what he's ranked in ours or UFC, but I'm just looking at just my list of middleweights. So, yeah, it makes sense. The lead state's tied up. Paulo Costa's going to fight. Hamzat, probably. Kanier's hurt. Whitaker should fight Kamaru. Yeah, sure. Marvin Vittori. Stick it in the main event. Maybe wherever. Maybe in Europe if they go back there. Um, yeah, don't hate it. Yeah. Uh, Brennan Allen right now, number – where is he at? I am at 11, but he's num- much higher than that for me. He's now. number 10 in the UFC's rankings. I have I just seen don't ours know. overall because I, I don't have ours pulled up. Time-wise uh, – He's 11. He's 11 like, in ours. Time-wise, this is looking like March. They could fight possibly maybe because like it's November. Like in four months, they could fight headline a card. They're not headlining Saudi Arabia with Brennan Allen, Marvin Vittori. The other fight is a pay-per-view, and I can't imagine they're going to do Brendan Allen Marvitore in the main event of London if they go back to London. So it's going to have to be another no Apex card. That's about right. Woo! Yay! I mean, where else can you put that fight? Like, it's not a ticket seller. Unless you do it in Louisiana. Yeah. Somehow. Well, I have a feeling if they go I think to they Louisiana, have I would... I bet they toss Desmond Poirier somewhere. I was going to say, if they go to Louisiana, there are going to be people who want it Oh over him so i don't know go to italy for marvin vittori nah, yeah, that's not a bad idea i mean the ufc is going to spain next year it's not a bad co-main event if if, if Ilya wins and that's a co-main event yeah i'll work i don't mind that at all i don't mind it at all uh has anyone seen bonuses yet do we have any i have not There's, there were six no submissions is that what you said Six and a half submissions. Um, that would be good for fourth, third most ever on a single UFC. Three fight. knockouts. Third most ever. Okay. I mean, that's pretty good. Third most submissions. If it had, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's tied with like eight different events. So if it got that half, if that weird ending happened, mm-hmm. it would have had sole place for third. But to be fair, 
also it has 14 fights yeah also to be fair the top two spots on my because i have like a list of ufc UFC four yeah it's like those early tournaments where it's like you know you you tap to strikes when you just got a every fight ended by submission because there were no tkos because big john couldn't stop fights until ufc two correct Uh, nice performance from Michael Morales against Jake Matthews. I, I thought for a minute, Jed, thought for a minute, maybe Jake Matthews is going to be back in your top 10 welterweights, no. but uh, <laughs> Michael Morales uh, just continued to pour it on as the fight went on. But this is a good – it just showed that this is really good matchmaking. This is like the perfect step up for Michael Morales. He got Love tested it. but still came through. It's going to be interesting to see what's next for him. Chase Hooper, Jordan Levitt, just uh, – I mean – Man, they, they must have watched Danny Sabs and Rafael Stotts last night, and they were like, let's just do that, but <laughs> more technical and not punch each other at all. And Chase Hooper gets the rear naked choke submission in the first round. Peyton Talbot, 58 seconds, round three, comes through, gets the win. Boy, I, I, I understand why the UFC sees something in him. He's got a long, long, long way to go. Hopefully they, uh, they don't rush him very much. They just match, make baby steps with him. Um, and he busts what a finish from her. And then uh, Mick Tebeck, uh, Oral by just almost breaking the jaw of Euros Medic with a neck crank. That almost was your, breaking the neck of Euros Medic. Yeah, dude. Dude's a, it's a bad man pajama, that guy. He's going to be a problem. And he's going to go to 155. Just adding to the best division don't, of the sport. Don't do it. Don't go. No, stay at welterweight. Again, the axiom, the further away you can get from 155, the better your career is going to be. Ask Gilbert Burns. How'd working at 155 work for Gilbert Burns? been a top five welterweight for a decade now. It's a great point. Mazadal. Don't Mazadal go to the harder weight class. I mean, Mazadal got two title fights. To be fair, I would rather see Michael Chiesa. Like if he just wants to like get put through fire incarnate, lightweight's the way to go. Yeah, that's just don't do that to yourself, man. <laughs> uh, Joe Anderson, Brito, well, Bill Jonathan. Bill is going to be at lightweight for like ten years. Just don't go to that weight class because suck <laughs> shit. Uh, Joe Anderson, Brito, Jonathan Pierce. I mean, crazy fight. One of the funniest endings to a fight I maybe have seen all year. <laughs> James, we want you to get up and do something. Joe Anderson, Brito is like bet. And then slaps on a ninja choke and submits Jonathan Pierce. Like, that was freaking wild. Uh, great performance from Jose Johnson, Christian Leroy Duncan. Just kind of outlast Dennis Tulin. And then that double elbow is pretty nasty. Mick Park and Kyle Machado. What did you think of that fight, Jed? That fight just seemed right up your alley. We had two gassed, not experienced heavyweights just roughing it up in the third round. What did you make of that fight? Is that on your fight of the year list for 2023? That fight really – well, one, heavyweight overs died, so I didn't have money down on it. And two, that fight, it really made me question things. Um, the Apex has got to go. I know it's not going to go, but I was thinking about this for the co-main event. We were talking about it on Slack. Like The fight between Michael Morales and Jake Matthews was like a legitimately good fight. And I, it just, I couldn't care about it because it's in an empty arena. It's like a tough fight. Like it just doesn't matter. And that's where the good fight, you are bringing good fight down to this level. And then if you take a fight like Mick Parkin and, oh, and Machado, it's just like this fight is already on the floor. And now we are just drilling to the core of the earth. It, it was a real tough hang. To the credit of every, most everyone else in the card, at least like the rest of the fights were doing their best. They were fun and entertaining and delivering finishes. But this one was a clear low point of the evening. Yeah. It's the tough thing about the Apex because like the fighters made money right before the holiday. So that's great. Uh, you know, Jack Asaragi has a nice finish. Uh, Eileen Perez gets a win. Rafael Estevam gets a win. Like, that's great. But just, fuck, man. It seemed like this card took four days. It seemed like it took four days to watch. And the even problem Bellator with, this, with 16 fights didn't feel that way last night. The problem with this card, and I'm using the word problem because I'm going to be speaking to, the, you know, the MMA fighting audience because I, I personally don't think it's a problem. The reason this fight card seems like it took forever, even though on paper there is, a, like, almost every fight was a finish because they all finished – 
past like almost the second half of the fight. So there's a lot true. of there weren't a lot of like first of, rounds. It's a good yeah. Point. So like there was a ton of some stoppages all in the late second to final round. Even the main event was the third round. So seems like it took forever, but. I mean, it also started real poor, which was tough. Like the yeah. the Estevam Johnson fight was like fine, but whatever. Then you have the weirdness that we'll get into with Ogden Moda. Yeah. Then you have Pudlova Perez. Yeah. Like that's a really rough. And Mick Parkin was after the one first round KO or whatever. That was a really tough start. Yeah, but then like after I, that, you had Jed's odd heavyweight fight. But from there on up, like every fight was had a good finish. They just all finished yeah. late. And like the main card was there, like it it did its best, but it already started behind the eight ball. So it was parts of tonight were a tough hang. Yeah, and it's just the low energy of the apex. It's just like it just takes away from it. It really does. But it is what it is. It happens. I don't want to be the the Debbie Downer here, but I kind of have to be. Let's get into the flub of the night, uh, boy. There you go. Mike Beltran, Jose. This is tough. Like, look, I'm not here to to say refereeing is easy, but Trey Ogden is just running Nicholas Bota. He's just dominating him, wins both rounds, about to win round three. Probably gonna put Nicholas Mota to sleep at some point in this in this nasty arm triangle. It's a blood choke that this man has on. It's going to probably get Nicholas Mota and put him to sleep. Mike Beltran is yelling at Nicholas Mota, give me something. Give me a thumbs up or some sort of reaction that you're okay. And of course, by doing that, you are putting yourself in more danger and more jeopardy of getting submitted. And Nicholas Bota's like, nah, dude, I'm not going to do that. And Mike Beltran goes over and tries to grab the arm of Nicholas Bota. And clearly, Nicholas is is fighting the choke, so it's it's not like it's flopping to the ground. And Mike Beltran stops the fight, and Nicholas Bota immediately protests. And we're like, oh, man, I can't believe this happened. And then it gets ruled a no contest, Jose, which is just turn the world upside down. How weird was this? This was I mean, just a, a rough way to kick this card off, really. I mean, good for Nicholas Mota, right? I don't know why he was complaining because he was going to lose that fight, even if he did survive that submission. Um, I like what Danny Rubenstein tweeted um, where he said that, you know, fights past the two and a half rounds and the referee messes up, just throw it to the judges' scorecards. Like, it's not the fighter's faults that the referee jumped in. Why make it a no contest? I would agree. Referee error shouldn't take take away what Ogden was doing in there. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I'm glad this wasn't, you know, the main event or co-main event. I'm not saying I'm glad it was further down the card because it, it shouldn't happen, period. Uh, but I, I know from experience we will not be talking about this fight in seven days. Uh, but right now... It's very annoying. It is very, very annoying. Uh, referees, especially Mike Beltron. I'm not. I'm sure there are other people in on this show or even behind the scenes that have more history with Mike Beltron. I've never been the biggest fan of him. Uh, the way he conducts himself in the octagon. I, I think I phrased that right. Like, remember when? Who was it? Who fought AJ Agazarm? Was it Chris Lencioni in Bellator? And then. AJ Agazon stormed out and Mike Beltron like followed him out of the octagon, took him by the wrist and like angry principal style, like forced him to shake Chris Lencioni's hand. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like these are grown men. Just if they don't want to shake hands. They don't have to shake hands. You don't have to force these people to shake hands. Like you're just an agitated principal. So I've never been the biggest Mike Beltron fan, but this is, this is, this is bad. This is about as bad as it gets. Chad, what did you think of this? Um, by the way, uh, because it's just popped up on my Twitter, don't go watch the FSU football player get injured. Yeah, it, I heard of yeah that. that was bad. That was it is bad. not very good. Um, so yeah. I only was paying half attention to what Jose was saying because I was trying to find a bucket to vomit in. Good heavens, that was tough. Uh, Mike Beltron didn't do great. I don't I, – what I don't – I honestly don't know what he was doing. Like it's – you the answer to show me you're okay like that's not a thing <laughs> that that is it's just not like real like you i get it you can make a judgment call and it can be incorrect and i am glad that we got the correct outcome for this error because for a while it it seemed like they were just going to give ogden the win or whatever and he 
Like he, even though it really seemed like he was about to win, uh, you can't just do that because pretty clearly Mota was not out and had gotten job. So uh, this is just one of those situations that sucks. I don't think Mike Beltran's a particularly good ref, but I, outside of like, remember Justin Gaethje hates him? But outside of that, I can't really think of another like big, nothing big is jumping to my mind. Jose's better with that sort of stuff anyway. I'm like, oh, he's really screwed the pooch here. He screwed up. I truly don't understand what he was doing. It's not like Moto's life was in danger from that choke anyway. So like you can let it go on a little bit or get a new angle to check what's going on. But Look, you have a thousand fights a year. Some of this is going to happen, and that's really unfortunate. But it is the case. the The thing that is the most important, and the thing that Ogden said post fight is, "Man, I'm you know I got screwed out of my paycheck." And I have always thought that it is incorrect to view. Um, we allow that to be the narrative, and I don't like it because their paycheck isn't halved. Like they, they have a paycheck and then they have a win bonus. Um, and fighters don't view it that way, but that's, you know, if you lose, you get half your paycheck isn't right either. You have a paycheck and, and it's not the same thing. But at the same time, money that was very likely going to come to him is no longer there. And it's why the pay to win bonus structure just should be done away with. Like just, it just should not be part of the sport because they're not fully capable of, like they're not fully in control of everything in there. There are weird things that happen and it would be way better. People would be less upset with this. Trey Ogden would be less upset with this if he knew he was going to get all of the money that he had planned on making and they could just run this back in a month or whatever. So uh, reason 8,000 that we should really just stop doing the, you know, X to fight, X to win. It's just, it's just real, real dumb. Oh yeah, we we've, we've been beyond that point for years of when it comes to that, but it is what it is. This is just another example and this is just bad. They should have I, I completely agree with Danny Rube. I agree with a lot of what Danny Rube says if we're being honest, but he's 100% right about this and uh good job Danny Rube. You're always you just nail it. You just nail it. Still no bonuses. We will let you know what they are, when they come. But in the meantime, we'll bring in Casey. We'll take some questions. What, we'll go to the what are, Go ahead. What would you pick for bonuses? Like what are we th- What are we thinking for bonuses here? There's a lot to choose from. And because there's so many of them, uh, unless Dana and or whoever is actually there doing this. There's um, no way Dana's at this card. There's no yeah, way. it's not going to be Dana. But may, if someone there is feeling like, ooh, Thanksgiving miracle, we'll give everyone who scored a finish one. That doesn't seem likely. So what do we think you're going to get bonuses? I think we're not going to get fight of the night. I think we're going to get four performance bonuses. Brandon Allen. He yes. has to get one. I very much agree and think that that is true. I think they'll give it to I think they'll give it to Oral by because he took the fight on such short notice. Also, he literally almost ripped a man's head off his body. Yeah. And this will probably annoy the shit out of me because there are others who deserve it more. But they're gonna give it to Peyton Talbot. No, they're gonna give it to Peyton Talbot. He's the contender series. He's the contender series bright, bright light this season. So uh, they're gonna, they're gonna feed it. You gotta, you gotta do Brito. I completely agree. You gotta do Brito and you gotta do Hebas. I think those two, you have to do them. And I would say you have to do Oral by. Yeah, but I think Talbot's gonna get one. Also, Jekka getting screwed there. That's tough. Yeah, huge upset too yeah major upset um huge upset i don't think clz is gonna he get missed, one he, he missed weight though so he can't get the oh so he wouldn't have gotten one oh, anyway, so that's fine. No. good good point good point hooper maybe I'm gonna just go, because he's I'm the gonna name go, and uh first round i was about to say round. hooper yeah i was about to say i think they're gonna give one i hooper. think and you guys can debate this however you want um Jordan Levitt does not seem like he's physically built for lightweight. No. He just not. seems like a featherweight in there. He's felt I felt the same way when he fought Patty Pimblett. He just seems like a which is like if he doesn't want to cut to featherweight, then don't, don't cut to featherweight. But he just seems like a featherweight fighting lightweights. Mm-hmm. I don't hate that. Uh, yeah, it's 
he's always been like that. And he always had like a really tough time cutting to, to 55 too. Even when he was uh, like just well, getting seen, into pro scene. I used to have a really I've, tough time. I've been around him when he's not in camp. And I tell you, that doesn't surprise me. I think he's got to, you know, adjust yeah. some things in his diet outside of fight camp. Yeah. But he's all, he's always been like that. He just stop, likes to he likes to get after it. Hit the treadmill, man. Yeah, or well, just do what dad. I do and read books. Be a dad again. Let's say you you can read books on a treadmill. That's what I yes. do. Just stop reading books yeah. in general. You're you're an, you're an MMA fighter. Come on. Yeah, Chase just seemed Chase just seemed just way bigger than him, and Chase is a featherweight at one point as well. So, dude, Chase looks like he looks like a legit fifty fiver now. I was like, like when they showed his back, they, that's a grown man. Yeah. Well, like yeah, he's, he's a up. child. He's yeah. still a child. He still has plenty of growing to do. <laughs> Man's about to have a baby. He right. just he's... turned 24. He is still a child. Yeah, he could be a welterweight, Jed. He might go to welterweight before this is all said. He should because, look, Screw I think the Chase, Hooper is, Chase Hooper is getting better, but he don't want to hang around lightweight. That's just not. Oh. That's just not the place to be, man. Before we get off the uh, the uh, Beltran stoppage, what if it was what if it was Mota Mota that was had the submission synced in, and then the ref messed oh, it up? Oh, wait a minute. We have breaking news. Uh, it'd be the same, I think. But but like, well well, you're saying that we should give the fight to Ogden anyway because he no, was, he was I was winning. not saying that. I was oh, a no. thousand percent saying I'm very glad that they didn't give the fight to Ogden. Oh, okay, okay. I think yeah. we were saying what, what Ruben's yeah. saying. I, unfortunately, yeah. it has to be a no contest. It sucks that it's a no contest, but it has to be because of the rule set. I just wish they reset it or something. Yeah. Or maybe, but yeah. Uh, one, of the, one of the. I would worst, also, yeah, I'd be really down to just reset things like that. I'd be really what down to just reset What is the breaking news, Mike like Heck? That. Oh, yeah. We have, bo- we have the bonuses. It's official. <laughs> uh, Brennan Allen. Get out of here. Okay. Joe Anderson Brito. Deserves. Jekka Saudagi. How? I Amanda thought we established he, he couldn't get one. I thought Lucas Alexander missed weight. Wait, am I crazy? Uh, dude, I don't know. I thought Jekko did, but I could. You might be right. I don't think he did. Alexander came in at 148. You are correct. Yeah. Okay. In that situation, I'm comfortable with Jekka getting one. What was the last one? He was. Uh, Amanda Hebus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry, uh, we Bye. you came we in on seven days and ripped a man's head off. Just not good enough. We also have a poll going on in the chat, uh, which I just found out about. Uh, what would you rate UFC Vegas 82? A, B, C, and the final option was D or F. Right now, C in the lead, 37%. B at 35%. I'm always D or curious F about these. Like, 17%. Like if- like this, this chat specifically, like the four of us have been very like lukewarm on this. Like I, like, I feel like the preview show and then the post show, the, the panel was lukewarm. If we came in like red hot and we're like, this was the best card ever would the chat agree or are they just agreeing with whatever we say? That's what I want to know. Because they, so. Do they just match our energy is what yeah. I'm trying to say. They're not Look, agreeing think- because C is too much. <laughs> Guys, demand better for yourselves. Oh. This is a D card. Come on. <laughs> I think you are not going to think- remember a thing that happened here in like a month. No one is going to think about anything here until the next time Oral by fights and we're like, oh, remember when he almost killed Eros Medic? All right, that was kind of fun. <laughs> That's it. I will remember this because I did pick Hebus to get a performance bonus in the pre-show. So nice, you did. That was a good call. Uh, that, 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 and, I, and Mike, went, hmm? I was like, trust me. So that's the only thing uh, I remember about this call. <laughs> I also picked that Chase Hooper and and Jordan Levitt would be a fight of the year contender. I was hoping. I was hoping. <laughs> it was. It was. Fun. Like, look, it was start. It was starting off yeah. to be super duper fun. I thought it was gonna be the fight of the night. I just thought it was gonna turn into like a super sloppy but super bloody and fun kickboxing match that made no sense. It was just so much fun, and that's not what happened. We just got a whole bunch of scrambles until Hooper submitted him. So that was a very fun fight. But there you go. But, There's your bonuses. Yeah, but this card might be memorable mostly because we all might have seen the first in a, in a maybe a long career in the UFC of Orbai. So. 
Yeah. This, like he, he could be. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you know, just we might. This might have been the first time, and like you, we might never see him this but low on the card we, again. Also, but we'll remember. Same. We'll remember him. Like what? What car did Hamzat debut on? What's on those? No, uh, I, fight, that's those, a young thing. Which I can't, which card? I can't do that. That's it. That's your specialty. I don't have the ability. I can't to even numbers. I think it was on the. It was on Fight Island one for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. the one Fight Island card I missed. Fight I Island that. five. Might have been before that. I think it was on. I think it was the third one. I think it was no. The, I think it was the first one, not the pay per view. First one. I think it was the first one no, and the then pay, the third no, one. Well, the pay-per-view was Fight Island. Oh, I'm, I'm grouping the pay-per-view into Fight Island. Yeah. Because that's Usman Masvidal was in that little bubble. Right. So but Usman I'm talking Masvidal like – was first. So then it was second because the third one – because it was Friday, Wednesday. Was it was set, Saturday, yeah. Wednesday, Saturday. And this third Saturday was Joe B. Figueredo. So then the third one would have been Cater and Ige. So he would have been in that, on that Wednesday. Cater and Ige, Fight Island one. Yeah, see, so Fight Island won, but second fight of Fight Island. Yeah, right. Second that's yeah, that's what I meant by the first one, yeah. not the pay per view, but Fight first Island non pay per view one. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. So there you go. Yep, that's where it all began. <laughs> all right, uh, did you do? I think C's a pretty good grade for this. Like a B, I think it's. I think C's good. I think it's C's fine. <laughs> it passes. This is a passing fight card. Yeah, I think it exceeded a, a somewhat. Oh, it yeah, definitely did. Because of the early start time. <laughs> I hate the early start time. Yeah, yeah, I know you hate the early start time. I love it. I know I, that I'm alone in this, but I hate it. It just it's if so this was eleven worse. fights, it would have been much better. This would have been a B well, plus of eleven fights. It's eleven fights. That I, I would definitely say it's a C if it was an eleven. We fight live fight. a very difficult life, don't we? Right. It's hard. It's tough times. So it's Wait, so because, tough. Because you couldn't get everything, you couldn't get all your groceries and errands done before two p.m. Is that what the issue was, Jed? I mean, yes, it is. Like the rest of my, the rest of my life is just built around five p.m. start times on Saturday for every event. And so when you throw a wrench in that, it's like this is inconvenient. Good just get on that Mark Wahlberg grind. Just wake up at three a.m. and go to the gym, and then get your groceries done. Yeah. Uh, I like this. I don't want to wake up at three. That sounds so miserable. I wake up at six and that's already early. Uh, let's see. DJ, hard to care about any of the fights when they've got, when they've not got anything to fight for apart from win money. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> I, get that. I, I get that when we're talking, well, at least they get paychecks. It's like, well, that's not really why the fan, like I'm not watching an NBA game because, hey, at least they can pay their mortgage. You know, it's like, it's just, uh, I get that. That's, you know? see, it's difficult. I don't even think you could compare MMA to basketball because yeah, if you're a Lakers fan, you watch LeBron James play three times a week. Like if you're a Brendan Allen fan, you're watching him like twice, maybe three times a year. Um, I don't know. I yeah. don't agree with this at all. I just like high level martial arts, regardless of whether it's in front of eight people or 80,000 people. But it feels better in front of high level goes better in front of 80,000. I mean, this is, high level is better no matter where it is. Bad fights in front of 80,000 fans are just as bad as bad fights in front of 18 fans. No. So I, yes. I, I, I agree yes. with this. Here, here's my the big gulf between basketball and this and really anything in this regard. It's uh, When you watch a game of basketball, it's going to take you three hours. If I'm going to watch a fight card, it's going to take uh, – we are coming up – we're almost to hour seven, right? Like so six and a half hours. That's just an enormous time commitment for not a lot of action. Um, like this would be a fine – like a full disclosure, I would – there's no chance I would have watched this live if I wasn't covering this event. I would have gone about my day and this would have been an ideal fight card to the, what I do when I do that is Sunday morning I wake up and I just – go watch the videos because then instead of this fight card taking seven hours, this fight card takes an hour and a half and it's all of the fights. And I get to like Jose enjoy the martial arts, but I don't have to spend all of my day inside. But it's, it's are watching the prelims, like everything before the tech, the, before the main card, does that really count? Or is that just really for the hard cores? I mean, like to me, that's like I watching. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I feel like you're not – it's not really intended for the, every fan to watch every fight like we do. I don't know. I mean, it just depends. It's, it's different card to card because 
UFC 296 prelims, they slap. And that's just, those are still prelim fights. Um, I, it's are, just card to card, I guess. Yeah, cards, I mean, pay per view cards. Because I always kind of remember Bellator, because we always complain about Bellator's got 30 fights in the card, but really they don't, because we don't we, we don't report even new write ups on no. Anything past the main. But yeah. that, so Casey, this is, I think that that's a real point, and I, I honestly don't have the answer. There is a fundamental difference in like yesterday watching Bellator, uh, it fucking cruised through because like the they were this dude wins is leaving the cage and coming in the other door as the next fighter. They are moving them. There's 15 minutes of downtime between every fight and the prelims, and that is just that's a slaughter. Even if the fights are good, it's just mm-hmm. it's a lot. That's why it takes seven hours. I used to love also these. looking at the prelims for 296 and Jose, you are correct. Yeah. These look like quality. Yeah. 296 is different though. Freaking Brian Kelleher on the first fight. Yeah, Brian Kelleher, Cody Ooh. Garbrandt, like is not even going to be on ESPN at, at this at this very moment. It's going to be on like Fight Pass or ESPN Plus. It'll be on ESPN two. Oh yeah, isn't the prelims Ooh. ESPN two and ESPN Plus? Correct. Oh, yeah, they're doing the early, whole thing. And early prelims the, are ESPN plus. Reg prelims are ESPN two. Yeah. So one, two, three, four. So as of, I mean, they haven't put the entire bout order out yet. But as of now, like, dude, Alonzo Minifield, Dustin Jacoby. That's great. Fight. Part two. Give, Isn't that a rematch? Give me that. Give me that nonsense. No, Alonzo won't just want to rematch in his last fight. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Ignore me. Andre Feely, Lucas Almeida is like the first fight of the card. That's that's a great fight. They finally found someone who won't knock out Cody Garbrandt. It's going to be great. How dare you? Wow. Wow. I'm Friend of the program, Brian Kelleher. <laughs> right, what else? The original, I, the original I, I, I Captain Crystal. <laughs> you know what? I Knowing Brian Kelleher like I do, he would agree. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, yeah. He's like, no, I'm a guillotine him. I right, mean uh, – he Ryan should that. learn to just throw a, a wicked left hook. That's all he should have been doing for the past two months. Uh, man, Orobai, in my opinion, is legit. Dropping back to original weight class 155, the UFC's lightweight division continues to be the best vision. That's true. Yep. He'll be a nice yep. little addition. Uh, and he'll win six in a row, and then he'll get his 15 ranking. <laughs> so, yeah, he's going to win six in a row and then fight and for a ranking. <laughs> Lightweight is is unfair. Yeah. Grant Dawson won like seven in a row and was yeah. and then it all came crashing down. Now now look at him. Lightweight is the, so a nameless top thirty yeah. dude. It's and, it's and, the consistency too. And he's this, and he's so the guy that that no one will want to face. So it's yeah. just gonna yeah. be guys. No one's ever off. no one's ever he's gonna, gonna be, fight him. Facing now. lightweights coming off two losses type of you know yeah. type of guy. Yeah, no he, he, he lost his ranking. They're never gonna fight him now. <laughs> he'll win six in a row, get ranked fifteenth, and then he'll win three more in a row, and then finally fight fight another guy that has a ranking. Like yeah. that's just how his career is gonna go. Gonna go. Yeah, it's but then that guy will have a ranking that's one in front of him because once you get into the rankings, you don't get to fight five up. You're like 13 <laughs> and you fight 12 and then you fight 10 and then you fight eight. It is an impossible <laughs> weight class. Unless he goes out there and just puts people through a wood chipper like P- Peter Yon did and it's just un- like you just want to – you're just captivated by his fighting style. Which we might be able to, but he's like he's essentially like the Ikram of lightweight. Like good luck matchmaking yeah. that guy. Yeah. It's gonna it, suck. Yeah, it's gonna be timing and just if you can just find that right groove, maybe it might be quicker, but I doubt it. It's just not gonna happen for him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, should Trey to file an appeal, he would have won on the cards. He's up twenty eighteen times two in nineteen nineteen. No. I mean he can go. He for should it, not but- he should not. You, that would take time, energy, and resources that will not get him anything. Don't waste your time. Yeah. Yeah. Just ask the UFC for the second half of your paycheck. Like, maybe you'll get it. Ah, Jose, this is for us. Should the Red Sox try to get Shoei Otani? Can I, I can mean, I make an answer here as someone who knows very little about baseball? You can you can th- wait for your I, turn. That's what you can do. I think you um, should. Yeah. <laughs> That's the correct answer. <laughs> is it a bold is it bold to say yes? You now, get here's the bold, bold thing. Mr. All Hot 30 teams, all 30 teams should try, 
but one of them <laughs> is going to get it. We're down to the we're down to the three. We are one of the three teams competing. We'll who, I who think are the we other two, uh, the Dodgers and Rangers. I believe it's the Rangers, and then the Mets are like a fourth fourth right now. The Does Mariners pulled the themselves out of the race right now. <laughs> the Braves shame. have the Braves have quote unquote shown interest, but I don't know if I mean they have the. the there's no, also no one should ever come to I could, I could talk. I mean, you guys won a World Series what like two years ago. You guys are fine. Um, yeah. Team's good. We're an awful sports town. Don't come to Atlanta. <laughs> take the sports out, and then you're locked in. Um, I think because even the Dodgers want like they're thinking of trading their entire farm system for Mike Trout too, which would be. I would quit watching baseball if you have Mike Trout, Mookie Best, and Shohei Otani on your team. Like I'm not watching baseball anymore. That's not fair. <laughs> What's, what's what's the issue? Is it just who can write the biggest check? What is, what is? Uh, it's a well. The, it's not an issue. It's it's what Shohei want. Like we're, I could talk about this way more than I could talk about MMA right now. Honestly, <laughs> Shohei Otani, he the, the fact that he blew his elbow out for the second time, he's gonna have a second Tommy John surgery. Aww. It's people have come back from it. Nathan Evaldi just did. If he gets a third one, if there's if he has a third Tommy John surgery, that essentially ruins his entire baseball career, including hitting. Do you want? So right now he is not. He, he's not gonna pitch. Because you would, where, well, what ligament would you take out to put in your elbow? You already, you know, you can't. Oh, he needs that oh, elbow to swing. Oh, a bat. do they? Do they pull them from other? I just assume they took them from like cadavers. They, you can't have three elbow surgeries and play professional baseball at a high level at the at the and get paid the the amount he wants. Shohei Otani essentially, he's going to have to DH next year. He's either going to a long term contract like ten. He, originally, it was like ten years, six hundred, was like the target number you're not going to give a guy that 600 million dollars that can only hit that would be very stupid because he can't play the field with a injured elbow he can't play first base and he can't pitch do you give him a short-term contract so say he gets like a three-year 90 million dollar contract with an opt-out after two so if he heals up after two and can pitch at a side on caliber level he can opt out and then go for the long-term contract again now that he's a two-way player but by then he'll be thirty. He'll be pushing thirty-four. And do you want to give a thirty-four-year-old a ten-year contract? That's tough. So now he, his thing is he wants to win now and make a lot of money. So it's essentially between the Rangers, the Red Sox, and the Dodgers to win now, make a lot of money, and have the ability to pitch again down the line. It's just and the fact that it's all a mystery right now. Like you're supposed to do a press conference and he he no showed it. So it's a big old mystery right now. I'm learning so much. All right. I have his bobblehead. That's a, a tiny bobblehead. So. He has a very high place in my heart. That's where he has. Are you yeah. using your off elbow that much when you're swinging? I don't know. I haven't swung a bat in a long time. It's just baseball. A swing a baseball bat is much more violent on the human body than people think because you essentially yeah. use every False part of your body. 100 miles an hour. You're hitting yeah. It. It's like you're trying to hit a ball this big with a stick of wood that's coming at you at 100 if Chapman's pitching 103, if Hunter Green's pitching 104, pushing 105, the torque that that man, especially if you watch that man swing the torque on your elbow, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Especially if you're sliding head first into things and just your arms flailing around. It's just, it's tough. What's the fastest pitch you could hit? I was like, like, the fastest pitch I've ever hit? The fastest yeah. pitch I've ever hit in is 98. I, really, I, I couldn't but get that was, fast enough. I would have no. But I, that was that was a fast. That was a forcing fastball. I I would much rather hit a ninety mile an hour forcing fastball than even attempt to hit like a seventy two mile an hour curveball from a dude. major league pitcher. Yeah, because that is impossible. Be yeah, sliders. No you can way. time fastballs. No way. Yeah, yeah. fastballs. Yeah, you time it. Yeah, if you as know Barry fastballs says, coming, that's as different, Barry yeah. Bonds once said, hitting a fastball is just catching a fastball. It's a replace the bat with a glove with a bat. It just it's a straight line. Put like, put any sort of movement on there. I could probably foul it off, and that's about it. <laughs> I like talking. I like talking baseball every once in a while. I could talk about it for hours. The Pedro Martinez changeup is the nastiest pitch I've ever seen. Oh, the circle circle change? Oh, my God. Hanging in the Louvre. Nastiest pitch. Who's the current middleweightiest middleweight, Mike? This is your uh, an AK thing. I mean, I almost don't want to take it from Brennan because ever since no, he's No, Brennan does it, not have it. Brennan doesn't have it. He's the best he's ever been since he won it. 
Sure, but he's won like five in a row by finish. He's not even sort of middleweighty right now. But I feel he like hasn't been middleweighty him, in a while. I feel if I take Paul it Craig from might him, have taken it. Paul lose. Craig might have taken it from Brennan Allen tonight, maybe. Yeah, I think Paul no, Craig's I don't too, think he qualifies either. There's yeah. a very obvious answer. And it look, the title always comes home to to the man <laughs> who owns it, and it's Jack Hermanson. Jack Hermanson remains. Oh, that's a good shot. That's, that's just that's just him. He's just it. Number nine in the UFC rankings has been there for a decade, I think, is going to be there for another decade, going to win by decision and lose by finish. That's what I he's going to do. Like, this is, I kind of feel like Marvin Vittori's in play right now. He wasn't for a Marvin, long time, but I kind of feel like he's in play. Marvin Vittori is in play. If he loses again, he and Hermanson may have to fight out for it because Marvin Vittori was too high. Now he's, he's coming down towards it. It's, that's very true. There is a way. I except, mean, there is a world for, where and Vittori already has beaten her Manson, so you know. I, I mean, oh we could God, have just inspired this division in a whole new way, where like we have to move the title to a different division in order to fix it. I don't know. Is middleweight fixed? Uh, welterweight is welterweight. I tried to do this once. I was trying to figure out what the qualities that make someone Jake welterweighty Matthews? are. Jake Matthews. Mm, no. no. No, all right, all right. I think I feel like being welterweighty welterweight, given historically that weight class, you have to be a a, a boxer wrestler like that. Ha- you have to be a boxer wrestler because that's just been like most of welterweights hit through history. But you can't be a fun one. You need to be like Sean Shirk, the welterweight. Like Mike Pierce, Mike Pierce, like type of guy. Was he yeah, Kevin like, well, like Mike years. Pierce had had mitts. Mike That's Pierce had mitts though. Sean Shirk, the welterweight, <laughs> is who I think is the oh, platonic ideal of welterweighty welterweight. Uh, there's a lot of exciting welterweights that are like even like ranked number fifty six. Like Billy Goff. Wait, what are we? Like, why is Neil Magny not the most welterweightiest welterweight? That's a great choice. That's a very good choice. Neil Magny is the most middleweighty welterweight. Yeah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so is it, is it, is it, I don't fuck. Kiesa's, I don't Kiesa's know. in this conversation as well. Kiesa probably actually is. Is the it Nicholas Dalby? No. Ooh. He's fine. Dalby, no. Dalby has a gimmick though, as, oh. as now just being the Brazilian killer. So that, Michael Chiesa probably is a good answer. I think I'll go with Chiesa for the time being. Alex I Morono, love this. is he still a welterweight? Yes. Alex Morono is a pretty strong contender there as well. That's a good one. That's a very good – that's a very that's good a choice. Oh, Morono. Yeah. Morono. Morono's a real good one. I, like I love it. This is going to be a game we're going to do maybe one of the year-end shows. We'll just do it for every division. I, Jen, I, I wrote like this your question. at the st- I wrote this at the start of the year, and I was like, I think Parker Porter's the heavyweightiest heavyweight, <laughs> and stuff like that. So, oh, Mick Parkin uh, might be after what we just saw. Mick Parkin make make it a strong push for that belt. Mick Parkin versus Parker Porter. That's a that's oh no, you don't want to ruin this man's career. You don't want to do it. You don't want to just throw him to the wolves right away after beating Kyle Machado. Come on, man. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jake Matthews moving forward, Jed? You're, this is this is your question if there ever was one. I'm out. Um, I've been out. I was out with Simmelsberger, and I'm not going to be roped back in. Uh, he's just fine. Tonight, he's a, you think he's fine. He's tonight? a dude. He competed. Yeah. It wasn't bad. That's just who he's going to be. He's like, He was young, and at one point he was young and promising, and then development isn't linear. And so he he didn't like – this isn't like Madden where you just, oh, I'll keep going to the gym and I'm just going to keep getting better every day or whatever. Like it's, it's not quite the same. He's got some limitations. Morales was way bigger than him and that posed to be an issue. And honestly, that seems to be – he does not have a lot of tools to deal with guys who are simply larger than him. Um, and he's never going to be like the biggest welterweight. So he's fine. He's just a guy who's going to hang around this – this weight class and this the UFC for I don't know how long has he been in the UFC already it feels like a lifetime he's 20, uh, nine, that was his 19th fight in the UFC tonight. next next year will be his 10th year in the UFC um and yeah that's he's probably gonna hang around for another five or six just just competing maybe one day he goes to PFL and tries to win a million dollars there but he's a top 30-ish welterweight that's just kind of where he's going to be forever. Is he basically the UFC keeps him around to just build up 
the Michael Morales is. Yeah, just a guy who's you know a good fighter can be a good te- like a litmus test at that that range and right. maybe do, he's he's OAM like he's just OAM or whatever same kind of dude. Um, one more and kind of. also who knows he is twenty eight or something. Rafael dos Anjos like got way better randomly in the sort of later part of his twenties. Maybe Jake Matthews can do it, but it doesn't seem likely. He's living in Vegas now, right? Is that what they said on the broadcast? My broadcast was uh, – I, I missed it. Help. I missed it if he did or not. Uh, let's talk about another uh, a winner tonight though. What is Amanda Hebus's ceiling? So no long – we saw what happened to Flyweight. She had some success, but she got roughed up by Macy Barber. I sat cage yeah. side for that one. That was uh, that was unbeating. But uh, Hebus goes back to 115. Tough start. Pinero's just chucking him at her. And Pibas just kind of outgamed her and out toughed her and lands that big kick, gets big finish. Just a super fun fight, super yeah. fun performance. But where are you at, Jose? Like where do you put her ceiling? Or is it is it too soon to tell now that she's back at 115? Maybe you need to see another one from her at 115. I just don't know. She's already fought like everybody in this weight class. So I don't even know where she yeah. really goes from here. Um, I think she's at that point where she just can't say no to fights until she racks up a few more and then she could be a little more selective. Um, but she is one of those rare fighters in rare female fighters where no matter who she's fighting, she's at least in an exciting fight. She can make any fight exciting, no matter what weight class. Like I know this is like, I consider this almost equivalent of winning a UFC championship. She got a fight of the night with Callan Jukagian. That just goes to show you how excited she is. Look, um, so look yeah. a, a lot of people have UFC championships. Yeah, Not yeah. a lot of people have fight of the nights with Kaylin Chukagian. You know, I'm so saying? Hall of Fame. more Put people have walked on the Put moon. Put that fight in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'm just saying, so, more uh, people have walked on the moon than have won fight of the night with Kaylin Chukagian <laughs> as a dance partner. So I'm always get, she's going to be one of those fighters that I'm always going to want to watch. Like if there's like yeah. the most violent or BMF fight for women, like she's on that short list. Um, I just want to see her in fun fights at this point in her career. Will she be like, she could, she could, I could absolutely see her competing for UFC titles still because the fans like her. She's in exciting fights. Mm-hmm. When she wins, she wins big. The problem is she also loses big. But at one fifteen, I think is like like you said, that's the home for her. I could at her given her popularity, and now that the UFC is going back to Brazil a lot more, I absolutely could see her fighting for a UFC or just kind of forcing her way in there based on popularity wise. Yeah, I'm always gonna want to watch her fight. She's a fun it's, fighter. It's it's why her only loss at fifteen is to Marina Rodriguez, who's top three mm-hmm. or four. I don't know, top three. Which uh, top and that was yeah, a, she, that was a that was a tough loss. Yeah, but you know that's that's fighting. You get knocked out. Yeah. You know, it's like. Um, Do you remember that fight? She didn't even get that was she did she's that was a standing knockout. Like she never went mm-hmm. down. Like the referee yeah. had to stop. The, she was like, and then she was still blocking. And then the referee ended the fight, and she still kept moving. And she was like, yeah. "What happened?" It was awesome. Was that like a like, double? Oh. Was that like a double stop? Was that one of those double stoppage fights where like he, it was stop, and then he was like, was, "No," and then like, they kept Marina, it going. Marina and then dropped her, and Marina's like, "Oh, she's done." And then the ref was like, "No, she's not yeah. done." And okay. and uh, he was like, "No, I can still go." And then Marina's like, "Okay." And then problem is she wears da- she wears damage bad too. Yeah. yeah, but and but at straw weight it's still just Marina Rodriguez. So yeah, I I think she, she could absolutely fight for the title at some point. She has fought in the UFC's rankings six, seven, eight, and nine at straw weight, and she's beaten three of of those four. Uh, yeah, I don't she's expect her to fight a title, eight. but I think she'll be top yeah top eight, top ten. Between that ten and three range for a while, and yeah, yeah. she's always. I can see the, the issue is she's probably about to have to fight Jessica Andrade, who's going to kill her. So Oof. that's going to be tough. God, that's such a fun fight, though. I'm bumping. It's on really that. fun, and Jessica Andrade's going to kill her. Um, and that'll be tough. Yeah. Um, well, that's but, such yeah. a, that is that fight is a blast. I like, that. but she's I'm young enough afraid. that she can maybe just hang around. You don't think Andrade is going to go back up to 125 and fight a killer up there sooner? Right. I think so. I, I, I suggest are. she has lawyer bills. She might. <laughs> I picked. Sure. I, I said she's going to fight Macy Barber next at 125. I know. That's I think grab. Jessica Andrade should just focus on the weight class where she was champion. 
Yeah. She she cannot win at 125. I think she can have super, a lot of success, but I agree with you, especially because Whaley was tweeting about Jessica's win. So anytime the champion is tweeting about you, it's a good thing. Yeah. I wonder you're, when you're a former champion of the weight class, you you're never far off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean she's I mean she's two or three fighters behind, but that's not that far at one fifteen. It's Jan and Tatiana, and then could be her again. Absolutely. Who the hell knows? Dana, well, she, Dana well, she's always really willing to step in. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, she's willing to say, too. I'll do it. I'm down to clown. So, like, some something yeah. happens to Jan or whatever. That's a good point, too. I could see Hebus fighting Angela Hill. I know they try to make that a couple of times. Yeah, Maybe – uh, I know people will frown at this after watching – Oh. Eh, I think Loopy's a little bit ahead of her. I mean, they could Loopy do that. Loopy is definitively behind oh, her. Loopy ahead of ahead of Hebus. Right now, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Lupe. just Hebus. I mean, Hebus just beat. Was Pinero even ranked? Yeah. No, Pinero was ranked nine and one ahead of oh, okay. Hebus in the she UFC really? rankings. Yeah, fact. she was ahead, she was ahead of yep. Hebus in the rankings and the UFC. Damn. So Hebus, Hebus. Hebos will probably move to eight since she already has a win over Mackenzie Dern, who is currently eight. And that's who I booked for Louis Dern. Could move up even further because she also has a win over oh, Vina Jean Jerome. Amanda Hebos and Lupi Godinez in Mexico City, though, that'd be so fun. Yeah, do that. That would be the Lupe, fight I would choose. Lupe, I just Lupe think she's going to get Andrade. Lupi and Hebos. Yeah. Yeah. Lupi and Hebos would be sick. That fight would be incredibly fun. That's the fight I'd pick if I got to Magic Wand it. Agreed. Yeah, I would do that one. I'd like to see Loopy get like a Mackenzie Dern type as well. Yeah, someone like that. Either way, Mexico City, March, book it UFC. I'll do the whole card. Brian Ortega, (laughs) Yair Rodriguez, part two, main event. Make it happen. Uh, that's 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 good matchmaking. I like that a lot. Um, what else? Dude. Oh, what else? Sorry. Um, hmm. Oh, what else? I mean, what else from the card, Jose? Oh, oh, well, Brandon, Brandon's not going to fight there. Henry, I mean, in a realistic world, oh, it should be in a in a realistic world. The main event should be Brandon Moreno, Henry Cejudo, because that would be oh, massive yeah. in Mexico. But neither man will fight in Mexico. Yair Bryan is Yair Bryan is like uh, would it should have been one of those two five round fights at the top. Um, Loopy, uh, Amanda, um, uh, Joe Anderson, Brito, Diego Lopes, two, because let's not forget they already fought. Um, but that was a contender series fight, and both men have gotten better. Diego's definitely uh, on that card, for sure. You, ha- you have yeah. to put Raul Rosas Jr. in that. Raul Rosas sure is the second most popular fighter in Mexico right now. Put him in against anybody. Yeah. Uh, I'll say third because Alexa beating Valentina is pretty massive, but Brandon is still like, like uh, on Mount Everest in terms of popularity in Mexico. Um, and then after that, it'd be a lot of, you know, local MMA talent, but that's like the main card right there. I like it. I'd watch. I think a lot of energy you have on that to, card. You've got to if put at least do, two heavyweights on it just because it's Mexico City and let's let's resign like really Rocky Martinez. Resign you Rocky know? Martinez. Uh, Rocky Martinez versus Chris Barnett oh, finally uh, good in Mexico City. Uh, and let's make those heavyweights do like do like a hundred burpees before the fight starts. I want I want him exhausted <laughs> by round one right when the fight starts. A different I think uh Tracy Cortez and Macy Barber would be a good fight for that card too, because Tracy's been trying to fight sure. in Mexico for a minute. Um yeah. And they should just sign Junior Cortez to fight on the first fight of the night rather than have him make him go through the contender series again. Uh, I can't do that. No, I can't do that. Got a contender series. Yeah, it's tough. tough, Hey, guys, before we get out of here, uh, Jason Jackson, that was really cool, huh? Oh, dude, he's so good. He is so good at mixed martial arts. Yep. Uh, I watched him win the LFA championship in Atlanta and uh, in like one of the worst fights I've ever seen live. And now look at him beating Yaroslav Amosov. What a what a turnaround for this young man. That guy. Also, Daniel Zellhuber needs to be on that card as well. I just mm-hmm. think it's oh, yeah. oh my god, I forgot about that cat. That guy, that guy for was sure. a big star. Big star on in uh, September. If they really like the biggest fight they could do, if it was a pay, if they did a pay per view, would be um, 
Ilya and Yair. That would do print money, but like that's obviously never going to happen. Or it's not going to happen anytime soon. Anything else? That's all I got. Is Patchy makes the best band away in the world? Oh, don't you friggin' dare. <laughs> no, he's not. But he's he's in the he's in the discussion. All right, not, you and freaking Steven. Steven, oh, wait a minute. God. No, 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 no. I, I looked at those rankings. I was like, oh, all right. No, me and Shaheen, <laughs> me and Shaheen are on the same page. Steven went way off the board, and I respect it. Boy, Steven do I went agree. quite rogue. <laughs> Steven went <laughs> quite rogue. He went like the opposite when, uh, of what he would do in this. He, moved, he bumped these, him down uh, almost, <laughs> just out of spite. <laughs> When do these rankings come out? We have an update hitting tomorrow or Monday, maybe. Monday, maybe. Uh, it's either Patchy's moving up. Patchy's moving up, but he won't be number one. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Is he in the top five, top three, top two? You'll see. He's not number one, though. Oh, my God. Give me a teaser. He's, he's not number did. one <laughs> despite getting four number one votes. He is not. So you're saying, uh, Chad. He got more, so, he got the most number right, one Mike. votes, but he's not number one. All right, Mike. All right, Mike. Mike, hold on. Mike, we're going to end it like this. Casey, cue up the music. Ready? Full circle, mom- full circle moment because time is a flat circle, as Shaheen Alshadi once said. Mo- Mike Heck, who do you know got the most first place votes in 2000? That didn't win MVP. That's right. One Pedro Martinez. Full circle. Damn right. We can end. Damn right. Look at that. Petey. Petey. Ivan Rodriguez. Pudge, give that MVP to the rightful person. That's right. I'm looking at this now. If Steven didn't go completely off the reservation, uh, Apache would be number two. Yeah. Which isn't bad. Which I'm okay. Like, I think it's fine. It's just funny. It's fine. It's fine. Unfortunately, like the only way we're ever going to find out the answer to that question is if Patchy somehow we'll ends up in the UFC. And we're I don't gonna, know. We're never going to find out the answer to that question. It makes me so sad. It makes me so sad. But it's just like we'll never know if Aspinall is the best heavyweight in the world. We'll never know. No, we will because the best <laughs> heavyweight in the world isn't scared. And need I remind you, John Jones, don't be scared, homie. Ooh. Fight Tom Aspinall. Your legacy depends on it. AK and I back tomorrow for on to the next one, some match baking. Until then, everybody, have a great rest of your evening. Eat it, nerds. <laughs> Love y'all. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.